Before I even start, can you just put your hand on your heart? Heavenly Father, I thank you for each person that's here today. I believe, Lord, that we're all not here by accident, but by your choosing. And we're here at this particular time for a particular reason so that you can deposit a particular message into each one of our hearts. You're that big, God, and you're that good. So, Lord, as you use me as your vessel, I ask that you speak to the hearts of each person here. I ask, Lord, that you would meet the need of each person here by the power of your Holy Spirit. And if you believe it this morning, you can say amen. Amen. Twenty twenty. Pastor Jay has been talking about vision since the beginning of the year. Twenty twenty. It means clarity. It's a sharpness. When we fix our eyes on the world, things are cloudy. It's fuzzy. But when we fix our eyes, Pastor Jay said, on the truth of God's word, it gets sharp. It gets clear. We're clear of what the truth is. We're not living in indifference. Amen. Amen. It's, it's sharp. 2020 means sharp. The, the word of God is sharper than any double-edged, double-edged sword. So it, when we fix our eyes on Jesus, when we focus on that, it's going to cut through the confusion. It's going to cut through the facade. It's going to cut through the frustration. And the irritation. Amen. Amen. You know, at the end of the year, Tyler and I, we, for the first time in a long time, we said, you know what, let's, let's reflect. Let's re- 2019, for the past couple of years, my parents have had the kids on New Year's Eve. And they've given us time for ourselves just for the evening. And so 2019... New Year's Eve, we said, let's just stay home and, and, and camp out on the couch and just open our, our word. Let's, let's talk to God. Let's dream. So we reflected. We looked at the highlights of the year. We dreamed. Pastor Jay's been talking about putting pen to paper, vision. We wrote down vision. We casted vision for the year. We set goals. We set boundaries. We, we, we picked a book that we wanted to read to to build up our children, build up ourselves as leaders. And, you know, a word of the year that this is, it's kind of been a thing I see through, like, social media and stuff, like, oh, what's your word? And so I was like, oh, I'll jump on that bandwagon. So last year the word was grow, that this would be the year of growth. And I was talking to Tyler, I was like, we need a word, we need a word for this year. And he's not as into it as I, but he was like, okay, I'll jump on the bandwagon. He was like, well, you know, if we're all Christians, we should all be growing. I said, that's, that's right. I said, but you know what, I believe God has even more. And so we're like, vision, vision. But vision, that's obvious, it's 2020. Right, everybody's probably like, vision. <clears throat> but then I felt, I heard the word focus. And focus is specific. In Acts chapter 2 it says, 
in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. God wants to pour out his spirit. Pastor Jay talks about it. This is the last days. He wants to pour like a bucket. If you have Jesus in your heart, he wants to take that Holy Spirit bucket and pour even more inside of you this year. Is that something somebody wants this year? Uh, Just a little bit more of Jesus? He's got even more for us. But it's going to require us to focus. It's going to require us to discipline ourselves just a little bit more. It's going to require us to, to push aside all the things that so easily flash at us and distract us. We live in an age like never before. Distractions like never before. It's going to require us to focus. If you're taking notes this morning, you can write this down. Don't look back. His promises are in front of you. And you know, at the end of um, Pastor Jay's sermon last week, he was talking about the kingdom of God, and it was just welling up in my spirit. And so this point was just something I was going to brush over. But I started contending... And I started praying for the people that come and walk through these doors every day. And God said, I want you to camp out right here. I want you to camp out right here. So this is where we're going to be this morning. Don't look back. The promises of God are in front of you. Turn with me to Genesis 15, chapter 4. Genesis 15 chapter 4 and I'm going to show you an unbelievable promise okay then a message from the Lord you guys good can I read say amen when you're there Amen. then a message from the Lord came to Abraham the Lord said when you die what you have will not go to this man he's talking about Abraham's servant You will have a son of your own. He will get everything you have. The Lord took Abraham outside and said, Look at the stars. I'm sorry, look at the sky. Count the stars if you can. Then he said to him, That's how many children will be born into your family. Abraham believed. Somebody say, believe. Believe. Abraham believed. The Lord was pleased with Abraham because he believed. So Abraham's faith was made right with the Lord. Listen, this was an unbelievable promise. If we just go just the next um, chapter over, Genesis chapter 18, verse 9. If you just flip there for a second. This was an unbelievable promise because Abraham was a hundred years old. Okay? His wife, Sarah, was 90 years old. 
Okay, I grew up in the church. I've read the word and I've read this script. I've read this story a thousand times. And I've put God in a box. And I'm like, they've lived till 600. That's like nothing. That's like normal for us now. Like having a kid at 35. It's not, it's not unbelievable. It's not like this huge miracle. And then the more I studied, the more I've been learning about the things of God and the, the timelines and things, I realized that Abraham was born after the flood. And you know what happened after the flood? After he had to start over because of all the mess? He said, I'm going to go ahead and shorten y'all's life. Y'all not going to live till 800 anymore. It's going to be like 120, 130. So this was a pretty big deal. An unbelievable promise. Okay, Genesis 18, chapter 18, verse 9, it says, Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked. It was three men that came and visited Abraham in a tent after he received the promise. Over there in the tent, he said, then one of them said, I will surely return to you this time next year. Your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Boom. Unbelievable promise. Sarah was listening in the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah was already very old. Sarah was too, young, too, Sarah was too old to have a baby. So Sarah laughed to herself. She laughed in unbelief, in disbelief, in there's no way, this is too big. There's just no way. She thought, she thought, I'm worn out and my husband is old. Can I really know the joy of having a baby? Can I really know the joy of this unbelievable thing come to pass? God's written some things on our hearts. He's written some unbelievable promises on our hearts. He's written it in the word. These promises, they're personal. They're for you. They're for me. And he wants to remind you this morning. He wants to, act, he wants to tell you, believe it. It's okay. His promises are for you. Some of you, you don't even believe it anymore. It's just, it's just that unbelievable. The best is not behind you. It's in front of you. It's in front of you. I remember when we um, were pregnant with our fourth child, I thought, we are, we're believing for a, an unbelievable promise right now. Like, we can't even fit four kids in our car. Like, it's that crammed. It's that smashed. It's just, it's just not going to work. And God dropped in my spirit. He said, I'm going to give you a van. He said, I got a van for you. Don't you, don't you fret. And I'm like, this is... This is awesome. God's got a van for us. So I told my husband, I said, God's got a van for us. And he was like, okay. So he went out and bought a bench seat for his Ford. He 
bought a bench seat for his Ford. All of us could fit in one vehicle and we figure, oh, we'll just go everywhere in the Ford or we won't go anywhere. <laughs> okay? Listen, isn't it like us sometimes? And I'm not saying my husband didn't believe, but isn't it like us sometimes that we would, God gives us something so unexplainable, so star-reaching, and we put them in a box. And then we're going to miss out on the big things that he has for us. Somebody said before, if you can't explain it, it wasn't God. If you can explain it, it wasn't God. God's got bigger things for you. Don't put him in a box. Because guess what? We got the van. And it was unbelievable. It was good. And I, and I brought my kids on this faith journey. I brought my kids on this. The, uh, the, everywhere we went, they saw a van and they're like, Oh, look, Mama, Nissan. Oh, look, Mama, a Toyota. And I'd be like, Do you believe? And they'd be like, Yep, I believe. I was like, You, you know God's going to be our provider? They tell me, Jehovah Jireh. I said, Yep. That's right. And so the question I want to ask you today is, do you believe? Because how are you even going to get the promise in your spirit if we cannot awaken to the belief that we are the children of God? And I want to tell you today that an unanswered prayer is not an unmet need. Because your God knows your needs. And he knows when you need it. Hallelujah. I thought I needed that then now. But you know what? I didn't get that van till six months after my baby came. And maybe that's where you're at. Because somebody came to me when my baby was born. And they said, where's your van? You talked about it. You talked about how big your God was. And I thought, ooh, devil is a liar. I said, I can shrink back and say, you know what? Maybe we won't get a van. But I said, you know what? I'm going to prophesy my promise. I'm going to be grateful for what is in front of me. And I'm going to fix my eyes on the truth of God's word. I'm going to focus on what is ahead of me. Because it's going to be fuel for God to continue to do the work. And sure enough, just when we needed it. Bam! He used the people. He used... He was sweet, precious people. God's got gifts in all of us. Use your gifts for the Lord. It's good. It's good news. Let me find my place for a second. Okay, so we have the promise. And then there's Abraham's nephew, Lot. Okay? Lot, because he was connected to Abraham, he inherited riches, livestock, silver, and gold. Because over time, Abraham became a very rich man. Okay, and so Lot, because he was connected and he went where Abraham went, he gained a lot of stuff. Go with me to Romans 8, 17. I need a, I need a sip of water. Excuse me.
Okay, this is, a, this is an illustration. Abraham and Lot. It's an illustration of God and his people. And it's simple, but this is it. Because if you are a child of God, if you have Jesus as your Savior today, because you are connected to Christ, you have the inheritance of the King. And that's just confirmation to what Pastor Jay said this morning. To know who you are in Christ. God is able. And the promises of God are in front of you. Amen? Amen. Romans 8.17 And this is just, um, it's just Bible for that. It says, as his children, we will receive all that he has for us. Man, that's good news. We will share what Christ receives. But we must also share in his suffering if we want to share in his glory. Okay? So, Lot ends up, okay, after the promise, then there's Lot. Well, they get so much stuff, they have to separate so Lot picks a plane. Abraham picks a plane. Well, Lot ends up down in this, this um, place called Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? Um, it's a town that was wicked. It was filthy in so many ways. Selfish. Completely going against the things of God. Have you ever been there? Selfish. Completely going against the things of God. Your own way. We've all been there. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay, God was so angry with this people. The people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Where Lot was camped out. That he called down his wrath. Fire, brimstone. Just like us. We deserve judgment. We deserve wrath. We deserve nothing. But God demonstrated his love, the Bible says. God demonstrated his love for us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So rich in his mercy. So rich in his mercy that he plucked us out of our mess. Come on, are you grateful for your salvation this morning? I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my salvation. It could have been worse. But you chose Jesus today. It could have been worse. It could have been worse for the friends you talked to. Bless your heart for talking to the, to the people in your neighborhood about the reality of heaven and hell. God plucked us out. I'm grateful for my salvation this morning. Genesis 19, 16 and 17. So what happened was um, Abraham, he petitioned for Lot 
to be saved from, um, from the wrath that God was going to pour out on Sodom and Gomorrah. And God granted Abraham's request. And then let's see what happened in, in Genesis 19. If you turn with me there, Genesis 19 verse 16. It says, uh, I'll start in 15 actually. The sun, and this is when he's about to like open up heaven and just throw down fire. Okay? He was not playing. God, God was not playing. In verse 15, the sun was coming up, so the angel tried to get Lot to leave. Get him to leave? The guy was lollygagging? They said, hurry up, take your wives and your two daughters who are here. Get out. If you don't, you will be swept away when the city is destroyed. God didn't, Lot didn't move right away, so the men grabbed him by the hand. They also took hold of the hand of his wife and two daughters. They led them all the way safe out of the city. The Lord had mercy on them. Thank you, Father, for your mercy on each one of us. As soon as the angels had brought them out, one of them spoke. He said, run for your lives. And then here it is. Don't look back. Don't stop anywhere in the valley. Run to the mountains. If you don't, you will be swept away. Okay, then go down to verse 23. By the time Lot reached Zorah, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord sent down burning sulfur. It came down like rain on Sodom and Gomorrah. It came from the Lord. It came out of the sky. The Lord destroyed these cities and the whole valley. All the people were living in the city were wiped out. So were the plants in the land. And then here it is again. But Lot's wife looked and when she did, she became a pillar of salt. Somebody say, don't look back. Don't look back. His promises are in front of you. Okay, listen, I th I'm thinking of the Israelites now. The Israelites, how quick were they to look back after an unbelievable promise landed in their lap, right? Slaves, slaves, the plagues, they get, um, they get escorted out of Egypt, not just, they don't just leave Egypt and all the, the turmoil and the fuss and the, the mess that they endured for all that time, but they left with all the stuff. Yeah. Like they left rich. And they're like, I mean, it was, they, and they didn't even have to like struggle for it. God just like gave it to them. The Egyptians just gave it to them and they let, they leave, right? This unbelievable miracle. That's like good stuff, real good. Okay. So then, but how quick, turn with me to Genesis 14, 10. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Exodus. Is that Exodus? Yeah, Exodus 14.10. Thank you. As Pharaoh approached, the, Israel, the Israelites, here it is, looked back. They looked back. 
There were the Egyptians marching after them. The Israelites were terrified. They cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Why did you bring us to this desert to die? Weren't, weren't there any graves in Egypt? What have you done to us to bring us out of Egypt? We told you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die here in the desert. I'm telling you, we can learn from this. We are not to shrink back and start looking back. And believing the lie that what is in back of us is better than what's in front of us. Because it's just not true. Amen. It's not true. Because his promises are ahead of us. I think of, um, I think of one other story or one other lesson from the Israelites. Okay, It was after all this time they were finally going to get into the promised land. Okay, 12 spies, check out the promised land. There's people in the promised land. It's kind of like, uh, this is kind of a big deal. You know, I thought this was ours, but there's people there. And so the 12 spies, they go in and they check it out. Well, they come out and 10 of the 12 spies, they look at their situation around them. Instead of Believing the promise, the truth of God's word that was spoken over them. What did God say? God said, I'm going to give it to you. It's yours. The promise is yours. But no, instead they look around at their situation. I want to remind you and me this morning that man, your situation doesn't dictate the promise that God has for you. And if we would just keep our eyes fixed on Jesus... If we would just keep looking and filtering our minds through the lens and the truth of God's word. It might not come on our timetable, but I promise you, one of the things, of God, one of the purposes of us choosing God and being on his team is for his glory, number one. It's not all about us. And number two is us Becoming more and more like Jesus. If we become more and more like Jesus along the way to the miracle, and we're kind of we're getting it, then then we're really getting it. Because that's what it's really about. But there was two guys, Joshua and Caleb. They kept their eyes on the truth. They said, no, God's promises for me. This is what God's promises. I will, I have made you and I will carry you and I will sustain you and I will rescue you. That is for somebody today. God's promises is my God is big and so strong and so mighty. My kids and I, we sing this song and the rest of the song goes, and there's nothing my God cannot do. Don't look back because his promises are in front of you. The promise of God says that he is always with you. Always. Call on him. I promise you'll feel him. His promises is that everything is possible with God. He promises that if you would just be strong and courageous, you don't have to be frightened. You don't. 
because he will be with you. He promises that if you trust in him, he's going to direct your path. He's going to lead you where you should go. He'll tell you how to run your business. He'll tell you how to raise your kids. He'll tell you to stay at that job and have patience. He'll tell you how to lead your sheep. I can do all things through Christ. This is so familiar, but man, this holds, this is an anchor to my soul with my four babies. Two, four, six, and eight. I'm like, Jesus, I appreciate your grace. Because it ain't no joke. It ain't no joke. All the mamas can say amen. No matter how old they are. Right, Auntie Tammy? <laughs> Those are the two, the two lessons I, 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 um, I gathered from the Israelites. And the, here's, here's a good one. Caleb, not, is it Joshua and Caleb. They, because, listen, listen to this, because they fixed their eyes on the truth and continued steadfast, steadfast in the promise of God, they entered the promised land. The generation before them, they was walaawin in the wilderness. 40 years or so. Their generation, the whole generation died off. It was Caleb and Joshua that was able to lead the next generation. And let me tell you, the 10 spies, their influence rubbed off on that whole entire generation. Which reminds me that our obedience, there's thousands of people on the other side of just a little bit of our obedience. And that's, that's important if you want to grow. That's important if you want to grow in Christ. Amen? Amen. Obedience. Hallelujah. I'll close with this. You know, lots, we go back to Abraham and, and um, Lot, Lot's wife. She looked back. She turned into a pillar of salt. Okay? If you are here today and you do not know Jesus, if Jesus is not the leader of your everyday, and also the friend that you can call to every day. If he's not your helper every day. This is what I tell my kids. He's our leader. He's our friend. He's our helper. I mean, sometimes we over-spiritualize it. But that's what it is. Every day. And if he's not that for you today, I want you to know that God and his promises are available to you. It's for you. Personalized for you. He created you in, his, in your mother's womb. Before you were even born, he knew you and called you out by name. For you. And so I want to encourage you this morning that if you don't know Jesus, right now, from this moment forward, don't look back. 
There is nothing behind you that is more important and better than what is in front of you. And there's nothing that you've done that Jesus can't use your mistake to turn into a message. Amen? We serve a God that takes the mistakes and turns it into miracles. He uses our story, our message for his story. Uncle Maui knows that because he shares his story with everybody he knows. It's good news. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And today, if you've been journeying with Jesus, like me, I, the lesson that prompted my spirit was the picture of Lot's wife. One, her one-line biography. We don't even know her name, but we know she looked back. And the picture I see is a pillar of salt. And to me, that represents a standing still. It represents a paralyzation, and it represents being stuck. And so God spoke directly to me, and he said, you know what? Don't look back, Tosh, because it will paralyze you. Don't look back. Because, and I'm talking about even, don't even, even look back to yesterday. Don't look back to yesterday and the, the, um, the, the stinking thinking you had yesterday. Renew your mind today so it doesn't paralyze you for what's in front of you, for the promises that God has in front of you. God has rainbows written all over your story. His promises for you are to prosper and to give you a hope and to give you a what? A future. Hallelujah. Do you believe that today? Yes. Was that all right? Yes. Just put your hand, just, just lift your hands to heaven right now.